Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cancel Culture Podcast. We just want to say one thing, and by we, I mean me, because there's only one person in this room, and that's thank you, because um, if you didn't notice, this podcast had to take a long hiatus because one of our episodes got me taken to court. Yes, actual court. And I can't give you any details because we signed an agreement that said that we couldn't discuss uh, the happenings of the case um, in detail or really even in public. I can tell you that a court case happened. And I think if I told you anything more, you'd be able to put together two and two. And then that would lead to all kind of discourse that wouldn't be good. So just let you guys know, um, I'm back. I'm able to speak again. I've been unmuffled. And I'm telling you right now, it feels really good. It feels freaking great this week we're going to discuss on on the show i gotta get used to speaking again man it's been a while um we're gonna discuss cancel culture as a whole uh but also uh chris brown and also seth rogan's comments he made recently on good morning britain where he said that cancel culture might be a good thing i don't know why comedians are scared of it and i want to just dig into that a little bit more i think it's a good topic and also um how chris brown was able to dance and sing his way um away from cancel culture I was going to do an episode of him by himself and then one with him and Tory Lanez. And then I decided to like just go ahead and just put it together with this overall topic and make it a bigger thing. Uh, and before I get into any of that, though, I want to thank this week's sponsor, Manscaped. If you have pubes, you've got something to lose. The pubes. Lose them. Fix them. Tighten them up. Make them look pretty. Put them on a plate. Put them on a platter. Don't eat them, though. That's gross. Uh, and you can also remember all the time, just all the time, to take care of yourself. Uh, you can save money on manscaped.com by using the code Sanders20, and that'll get you what you need. So go to manscaped.com, Sanders20, and go love yourself, because I love you. Now on with this week's show. Please. Music, please. Thank you. God. I think I've, I think I, I, I'd, be, I'd be gone for months. <laughs> And we're back. Okay, so if you guys didn't know, uh, Seth Rogen recently made some comments about cancel culture that I want to address. So if you don't know who Seth Rogen is, uh, he is a prolific stoner, not unlike Snoop Dogg. Uh, He's made many a movie. Uh, He is featured uh, in in many, uh, I guess, movies, mostly just movies. He was in that show, um, Freaks and Geeks, which I loved back in the day. I think he played one of the bullies, if I remember properly. Uh, And I don't know. I've always felt kind of weird about him because I don't know him at all. I never will meet him. I'm not popular. I'm not famous. I never will be. You know what I mean? So it's not for me to worry about. But, like, I always felt like he's the kind of guy that, like, I wouldn't want to be around because he'd be very smug. Um, He was in The Disaster Artist, which is a movie that I appreciate and also loathe at the same time. So the movie that The Disaster Artist is based off of, or rather the book, is based around another movie called uh, The Room. If you don't know The Room, it's one of those so bad it's good movies. Uh, It hit hit a cult status years ago where it is shown in theaters, it is shown um, like nationwide in a really fun but mocking way. And so uh, one of the people that were in in that movie made a book about the making of the movie, and then uh, Seth Rogen and his partner, um, who's currently in trouble right now, who he will not be working with anymore because Seth Rogen is a stand-up guy apparently all of a sudden, (laughs) Uh, James Franco, um, they produced a movie around, you know, that other movie. So it it was really good, but I, I just couldn't stand the way that 
Seth Rogen had his smug way of speaking to Johnny throughout the film, which I get it. Johnny, you know, was weird. He was strange, but it just felt like Seth Rogen's like default setting in that entire movie was condescending. And I feel like that was the way he was to the real Johnny. I don't even know if that's true, but I just feel like that's probably the way that he treated him. Because you could see in interviews, you know, James Franco was very kind and very understanding and, like, you know, had his pages worn a little bit. But you could tell there was a lot of love there. I feel like Seth Rogen, like, kind of went in with, like, this guy's an idiot. I'm treating like an idiot and I'm going to be, like, the superior. And that's just kind of how I felt his attitude carried across, right? So when I hear this interview, I feel like it's the same dude, the same condescending dude who was in that movie. And it just rubs me the wrong way. Because I feel like you don't understand the plight of someone who has been in, like, the the comedy industry for years and now has to change the way they do things because society has gotten, like, really weird. You know what I mean? Like, I get it that saying bad things or saying offensive things isn't good all the time, but I think in comedy, it's meant for a laugh. It's like when you play a character that might be demeaning, you know what I mean, to yourself, you know at the end of the day that you respect yourself. You know at the end of the day that, you know, you do love yourself and that that character is just a character to entertain. And I think sometimes, like, you have comedians like Daniel Tosh, right? Tosh 2.0, if you haven't seen his show, uh, go look him up. He made very, very offensive remarks. That was his entire shtick, right? And I don't think that if he was starting as a comic today, he would make it very far because that kind of thing gets canceled readily and, and all the time in, in this current culture. And I just think it's kind of dangerous because you're, you're, you're muzzling people, right? And I think that when you muzzle people, when they're able to actually speak their 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 minds, they come out biting and seething and they're angry, you know, they're mad they were muzzled, you know? That's why I appreciate comedians like Dave Chappelle, who has really made me the point to kind of, like, use his, his, his level of fame, his level of love, meaning, like, people love him enough, to really push the envelope, really go out of his way to be a, a trailblazer and go, you know, if y'all don't like it, F it, you know what I mean? Like, the greatest comedians of all time were offensive. I, I, I'd still, you know, regardless of what he did in the past, I still love, you know, um, or rather in the more recent uh, present, I don't even know how to say it, uh, Bill Cosby. I think Bill Cosby's original stand-up, where he was very blue, was good. It was good. It, it, was, it was fun. It was awesome. I laughed at it a lot. But it never held a candle to the later comedians who weren't afraid to just say the things that came to their minds and test out material that might get people mad at them, that might get people going, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I think a lot about, um, and, before, and I'm going to play this clip from Seth Rogen in a second, but like, I think a lot about Eminem, right? I, I got bored fairly recently and decided to go back and listen to Eminem's um, second album. Not Infinite, but um, the Slim Shady LP. And throughout that entire album, Eminem repeatedly, repeatedly talked about raping people, like men and women, didn't even matter. Um, and then at one point uh, in the song um, Guilty Conscience, which I, I've always loved, it's one of my favorite songs, it's him and Dr. Dre. Um, he's like basically advocating for sleeping with a girl, even though she's 15, and the dude's like like probably like 20. And he's like, well, she has, she has hair down there, whatever, just do it. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what? And I'm thinking back, because when I was a kid, you know, when I first heard this, this album, that didn't even register me as bad. I didn't even think about that being a bad thing at all. I was just like, oh, he just wants to sleep with a girl, you know? And that's terrible to teach children. That's terrible for kids to learn from, you know what I mean? And now that I learned from it, I didn't go around being like, yeah, what up? Is there any hair down there? You know, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> but I, I do think that, like, in some ways, that could influence a child. And so that's why I think like it's really important to to look at the content and preview the content that the children are listening to, but also not being overbearing about it. If you pull it away from them, then they'll want it even more. You know what I mean? 
And so it's still crazy to me that like that Eminem was able to have all that kind of content all through his album and he hasn't been canceled even a little bit. I know that they tried earlier. I was going to do an episode about it, but it was so lackluster. Like people would just ignore it and kept going. It's like, it's Eminem. Like his whole point was being controversial. You know, it's, it's like trying to cancel um, Robert Downey Jr. for the character he played in Tropic Thunder. Like the whole point was satire. Like you can't get mad now after it's been so many years. You know what I mean? And especially when it's like, you know, meant for artistic purposes, that to me says a whole other thing. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I just would hate to see people like Robert Downey Jr., or an Eminem, you know, get taken down because of this, like, this, like, crossfading cancel culture thing. So when people like Seth Rogen say, like, I don't know, I don't think, I don't think it's bad. I don't know why you're upset about it. I'm like, dude, are you not even thinking about this thing? Are you not thinking about the fact that, like, you're being punished for something you wrote 10 plus years ago or something you did 10 plus years ago when you're now a different person? That shouldn't affect you to this day. So let's just play a little bit of what Seth said. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Here we go. Saying terrible things is bad. So if you said something terrible, then that's something you should confront in some way, shape, or form. Um, I don't think that's cancel culture. That's you saying something terrible, if, if, if that's what you've done. Now, here's the beauty of the things. All right. I stole that clip from Ben Shapiro. I don't listen to him actively. But he's the only person on YouTube who had, like, the full, like, audio clip. So I just was like, yo, let me borrow that, yo. Let me get that. Let me get that. <laughs> so um, I, I think it's hard. I think that, like, with comedy... You shouldn't have to apologize for a joke, you know. I, if you're if you're if you're a, a professional comedian, I think that everyday people, if you make a, an off color joke that isn't funny, yeah, I think maybe you should apologize for that. That that is like yeah, whatever. But if you're a comedian and you're workshopping an idea or a concept, or you are trying to like you know really like ground yourself or build yourself into a really strong comedian. You have to have that space to be able to make mistakes or say the crazy thing. Because the crazy thing is what gets laughs. Your job as a comedian is to get laughs. Your job as a comedian is to make others happy. Now, will you sometimes hurt people while doing that? That is a possibility. That's 100% a thing. But I think if you choose to go to a comedy club, you go in knowing that's part of the deal. You know what I'm saying? Like... There are hecklers in the crowd, you know, who might try to, like, jump in and make fun of the person, too. Like, yeah, look at me, dog. I'm also funny, too. You know what I mean? They have those people. But you also have, like, the comedians who literally go in to make fun of the crowd. They have the people who come in to go, like, yo, <laughs> I'm going to make fun of you. I can't wait. Like, I remember I went to a comedy show, uh, I don't know, I mean, it was, like, three, four years ago, maybe. Um, and I was having a great time. And then the comedian was like, you know, scanning the room looking for people to like remark on. And he saw me um, at, at my six foot, uh, 230 pound blackness uh, sitting with a little white girl. And he's like, y'all on a date? And I'm like, yeah, we're on a date. He goes, and you wore that Pokemon hat? Yeah. He goes, hmm. Are you sure that uh, you're here for her? Or are you here for me? <laughs> Everybody laughing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm here for both of y'all, man. And, and, but you know, I'm not a heckler. I'm not going to like try to overshadow his joke. But like, I'm like, okay, it came with the territory. I kind of knew that was going to happen, and I laughed at it, and it was fun, and I had a great time. It, it was cool. I was there for it because I knew what I was getting myself into. So if you go to a comedy show, you cannot go in being ready to be offended or, I, I can't believe he said that horrible thing. You know, it's like that you're there to make, to make those jokes that, you know, I think in my opinion, comedy should be left to be an honest sport. I don't think we're all perfect. I think we all have messed up thoughts. I have friends who make off-color jokes. I'm sure you do, too. And you laugh at them sometimes, you know? And sometimes they, they, they lose their luster. I think over time, to make part of Seth's point, you know, like, things don't age well sometimes. If I went back to some of the friends back in the day who would call me, quote-unquote, Black Chris, um, 
and go, hey, like, I really didn't appreciate that. I'm sure they would apologize, right? But at the time, it was just kind of a funny thing that they did for themselves. And I personally didn't take any real offense to it until years later. I looked back on it and got offended. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know what? I'm not going to go to them and go, you know what? You were a horrible person. I'm going to go, you know what? We were both different people. We both grown. Let's move forward from this. Let's let's be, you know, adults about this. Like, let's not, like, force our friends to apologize for things they didn't even mean to do. I had a friend who actually did apologize to me um, for stuff like that. And the thing is, I know this person does love me. This person does care about me. This person is a good friend to me. This person would, like, literally do anything to help me out. They've done it again and again. They've shown themselves. They've shown their character. And I don't think at all I am in, in a place to go, well, you said this thing that I didn't like years ago and I just let you do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, was it right? Absolutely not. Well, it was not right whatsoever. But at the same time, if you've grown past that and you've learned to be a better person and now you're a grown adult and you kind of go, man, you know, I was, I was kind of crazy. I think we're, we're well within our, our right to let those people apologize. Let those people, let those people grow. And let those people have their time to, you know, be better. You know, if it wasn't anything malicious, I just feel like you have to let it go at some point. And that's just kind of my thought on it, really. Um, which brings me to the other topic I want to discuss. Because with Seth Rogen, I think that he's just kind of being on, on a little bit of his high horse. He's also, you know, one to be, uh, the word is, um, I won't say self-protecting. That's not a real word. But, you know, he's trying to, like, self-preserve. Because, like, he's even distanced, distanced himself from his friend, um, James Franco, who, you know, it sounds like maybe slept with someone or some people underaged, and he goes, "I won't work with him ever again." I go, "Man, that's your friend, dog. Like, are you really? Is that really gonna do it? Is that gonna do it to me in the media? You, you can always, you know, step back and go like, yo, you know what? My boy's going through some stuff, and it's messed up, and I'm gonna, you know, work how I gotta work. We gotta figure it out. We gotta, you know, if he did it, you know." He did it, and, and and he will get his punishment. But you don't just step back and go, yeah, I ain't working with you ever again, dog. You out of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you probably knew he did that stuff, and you didn't stop him. You didn't even try to talk to him. And if you did, you know, you didn't do a good job. And honestly, Seth, you know, if he's your boy, he's really your friend, you don't do it like that, man. Like, his family is still going to love him no matter what. And you as his friend and brother and contributor, you need to love him no matter what, even if he did severely mess up in my opinion, you know what I mean? Like, you can't try to preserve your own career by just walking it back like that. You guys have been in tandem the entire time I've seen you guys together, like, on screen, on film, you know, and whatnot. And so, like, now you back off? That just shows me that you're not a loyal friend. I, again, my thing is, yo, if he did it and it's messed up and, and it's screwed up, you still got to at least be like, yo, man, you screwed up, you effed up. Um, I'm not going to, like, support you in this in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, you know, if you need to talk, and work through your problems. I'm still here for you. You know what I mean? But again, I don't know to what degree, you know, they are actually close. I don't know if it was mostly a working relationship. I don't know. But I'm just saying that's not how I would treat one of my really good friends, even if he did mess up, even if he did do something, like, very heinous, like what we assume that James did. I would still in some way support him and at least mentally be there for him. If, even if I can't go, like, yeah, what you did is, is cool, dog. It's all right. You know, it's all good. It's not all good. It's not all right, you know? Um, but it just shows me, that, like, Seth is the kind of guy who won't even support his own art form when it's in danger. He won't support his friends when it's in danger. He literally is like, yeah, um, uh, I guess uh, I'm going to say what is going to make the most people like me. You know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, accountability is one thing, but like, 
canceling someone's entire career for something that happened so far, 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 far in the past is ridiculous. That's why I'm so happy to see this. That James Gunn is is way beyond this stuff. Is able to leapfrog it and is now producing some stellar films. I'm looking forward to. I'm just gonna say that. I'm really happy to see that. So with that said, another person I'm happy to see beat cancel culture is Chris Brown, which I know is very, very polarizing. I know that like when I've gone on dates with girls, I've had to admit immediately I still listen to and like Chris Brown. Now I don't mess with I don't mess with R. Kelly. I just don't <laughs> for several reasons. But I still have a special place in my heart for Chris. And I think that's because you see him you've seen him make a change. You've seen him know that he can't be that same person and he can't repeat those acts. You've seen him literally get get in front of the world and apologize and then be better. You've seen him work with the person that he did assault and that not be a problem. You know, you've seen him be able to, you know, reconcile the, the things that were in his past. And I often think that's the way that our prison system should work. Like, if you made a mistake and you can be reformed, then let's reform the person and let's let them out so they can actually go out and be productive members of society and not repeat what they did in the past, you know? I think that in countries where they allow you to not have a record after you served your time, you don't see the repeat offenses happen again because they don't have to, and now they have a new like life they can lead, and they can you know also lead knowing that they made a major mistake that they can't make again, you know what I mean? Like, I think that Chris Brown knows he can't ever touch a woman in that way ever again. No matter what they do, what they say, no matter how hard they hit you first, it does not matter. You can't do that or it's all over. Like, your entire life is over. And and I, I'm just like, dude, don't mess up because I feel bad supporting you sometimes because I know that there are women who are, are victims of, of abuse and victims of, you know, domestic violence. And... Oh man, and, and and seeing you flourish does trigger some of them. But at the same time, I still feel like you deserve redemption if you are truly sorry and you didn't do that thing on purpose. When I say on purpose, I mean like you aren't like, yeah, I'm glad I hit her. But you know, what I mean, you're going around bragging about it. I mean, if you are truly a reformed human being, I cannot sit here and pass judgment on you. You know, I am not the Lord. And if you don't believe in the Lord, you know, I'm not the universe. You know, I'm I'm just not the the the. the the all-judging factor of the situation. If Chris Brown is a better person now, then I want to let him be a better person. I don't know how, how the world feels about that. I would love for you guys to leave comments in, in this episode and, and let me know what you think because I would love to have a dialogue about this because it's, it's polarizing. It's hard. I, I mean, people go like, you know, once once a woman abuser, always a woman abuser. And I think that sometimes, and I haven't ever abused a woman, but I think sometimes you can learn a lesson from a situation and you can't grow from it and you can know that you have to do your work. You have to go through anger management. You have to do, you know, whatever process needs to happen. You need to go to therapy. You need to do, do the work to be better. Like I go to therapy every week because I know I have work to do on myself personally, you know, for emotional factors, you know, and if I don't do the work, then I watch it fall apart. I watch all the progress I make fall apart if I don't do the work. And so all I'm saying is, is that Chris Brown, it seems, has done the work. So I want to see if you know he's allowed to do that, is he allowed to be the person that did the work and then bear the fruit of that work? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to grow, get better, learn, be a better person. Or is he gonna have this plague him for the rest of his life? I mean, he might still. He might he might plague him forever. But is that right? Let's discuss it. I'd love to hear people's feedback. Please write in. 
I will respond. I will do a, a call-in episode if I need to, but we'll figure it out. Um, with that said, guys, I just want to say thank you for letting me return to this platform. And please, please, please check out this week's sponsor, Manscaped. Don't forget to use the code SANDERS20 for 20% off all your manscaping needs. And please, guys, take care of yourselves. Love yourselves. If you can't do that, love me more. Because I, I need it, man. I need some love right now. <laughs> it's lonely in these streets. Thank you, everybody. From the Council Culture Podcast.